This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dave Woodard in for Libby today. Jane Brown will be hosting tomorrow as Libby takes some uh, well-deserved time off. Uh, We're taking your phone calls and what you think it means to be Canadian. Sam in Brantford. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Not too bad. I'm proud to be Canadian. Uh, I came over from Italy in 1951. But I find that a lot of people who have come here over the years since I've been in Canada, they don't embrace Canada 100%. They complain about the court system. They complain about uh, being legions to the Queen, um, singing the national anthem at school or whatever. I embrace Canada 100%. I fly the Canadian flag at my trailer, and I'm very proud of it. Now, I find that... Uh, you make some great points, Sam, but I also find that a lot of people that are are making those, you know, complaints are, you know, people who have been here for, you know, generations upon generations. Do you find that, some, you know, I, I use it as an example, we talk about the national anthem and changing the words to the national anthem, which isn't happening, by the way. Exactly. Um, but do we... Uh, a lot of those people have been Canadians, you know, for generations. Uh, is it one of those things that we as Canadians are, are kind of, you know, looking at other people who are coming in with a different set of eyes? We, we're thinking, well, maybe they're not going to appreciate it as much, so we need to change? I don't think we have to change. I think they have to accommodate the new way of doing things and embrace Canada because we're embracing them. They should be embracing us. Gotcha. I'm very proud to be a Canadian. I love my Italian heritage, don't get me wrong, yep. but I fly, I, I have two flags in my house. I have the Italian flag and I have the Canadian flag. And, I, and also, I find that uh, tradition is great, mm-hmm. but don't forget how beautiful Canada is and how we treat them. Absolutely. Sam, thanks for the call. Appreciate okay. it. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, so I want to get into kind of uh, food here. What do you think is the quintessential Canadian dish? Poutine, tortillere, or just, you know, wild Atlantic or Pacific salmon. What about whale blubber or caribou? It's not an easy question to answer given the vastness of this country, but it's one that friends Lindsay Anderson and Dana Van Veller set to find out when they decided to drive from coast to coast to coast to find the Canadian cuisine. They started a blog called the edibleroadtrip.com, and earlier this year, they published a cookbook called Feast. Dana joins me now to talk about their experiences. Dana, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so the book is called Feast. How did you and uh, your co-author, Lindsay Anderson, meet? We actually met uh, in 2011 in the Okanagan, and we actually met on Canada Day, um, which is a funny a funny. Coincidence? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So Lindsay was actually working for tree planters up in northern BC, and I was living in Vancouver at the time, and we were both um, 
traveling to this tiny music festival in Kelowna that friends of mine were putting on. And mm-hmm. I had a bunch of mutual friends um, that I went to university with that she was cooking for. So when we kind of all got there, they were, they were all like, you have to meet Lindsay, like you're going to love her. <laughs> and I did. Then we became friends. She moved uh, to Vancouver a couple of months later and um, and it went, it went from there. Wow. Okay. So mm-hmm. the idea of this is that basically going across the country, uh, looking for different regional cuisines. But but from the beginning, it kind of sounds like you know a couple of people hanging around a campfire, drinking some <laughs> wine, and, and and getting the idea of you know I want to go across country. Is that how it kind of went down? Yes, yeah, sort of. We were we were camping and we were lounging on this fallen log in the river and uh, drinking a beer and eating chips in the sun. It was during the day and um, it was just kind of one of those conversations where you cover a lot of ground and and we started talking about Canadian food and how um, we kind of came out of it like we're both we're two Canadian women who've grown up in different parts of the country. I'm from Ontario and went to school in New Brunswick and Lindsay's lived in both uh, all over BC and in Alberta. And we were just kind of like, okay, we've got, like, different areas of the country covered, but we still don't feel like we can come together and kind of confidently say, like, what Canadian food is. And right. and so we were kind of like, well, what if what if we, we specifically went to all ten provinces and all three territories um, – with the with the sole intent of of finding and sharing interesting food stories and and then kind of what better way to do that than in a car mm-hmm. if we're thinking about finances and <laughs> yeah of course you know yeah so that's where the thirty seven thousand kilometer track began how that did is you, where it began <laughs> how did you decide where to go first it was a like a variety of different ways we we researched for about eight months for the trip, like kind of funding options and all kinds of different things. And, and itinerary was one of them. And we kind of decided like, okay, these are the dates that will be in each province um, because we'd have to set those. Otherwise, you know, we probably would have never left the Yukon. <laughs> right. Um, and so it was like, okay, these are the dates. And like, here's some things that we want to do. Like who are our friends and like, who, what do they know? Like we've both worked in the food industry a lot. So we had connections already. And then, and then it was it was also kind of like people would write us through our website and say, like, if you go through this place, then you have to stop by here. Or um, if you're coming this way, like, come stay at our house and talk to, you know, talk to our friend or or we're farmers or, you know, right. it was kind of a variety of different ways. We kind of had most of our itinerary set up maybe about 50 percent when we left and then kind of left it open to to um, those kind of those emails and then, right. then things that we'd find once we arrived or you know, that you know. that in itself sorry to interrupt that in itself yeah, no must problem. have been uh incredibly overwhelming because i know if i ask you know on my social media pages where i yeah. should go for brunch i get about <laughs> 15 responses right away so how, how did you decide which ones you should go to and which ones you shouldn't um well we had spreadsheets like multiple spreadsheets because sometimes sometimes people would find out about the trip while we were in the Yukon and they're over in Nova Scotia and they're like giving us a recommendation so we're like okay we need a way to like remember these recommendations rather than like you know get them just staying in our inbox so that was kind of one way and then like once we'd get to an area we'd be like okay these were all our recommendations like 
quick Googles, like, let's talk about this. What do we want to do? And and then, yeah, you just kind of have to, like, you can't be everywhere, so you just have to choose. Right. Now, you started but, out You started out as, as food bloggers on this trip. It's called EdibleRoadTrip.com. Yep. Uh, yep. Did you ever have the idea that you wanted to write a book eventually? We did. Um, it was a, It was, like, way kind of in the back of our heads. It was, like, the initial goal was kind of, like, okay, let's get this road trip done. Um, let's come back in one piece. Let's still be friends. And, um, and then we'll like, we'll see what we can do with it. Um, we did when we, when we did our fundraising video, we had, um, we had, uh, the, one of the perks was that you would get a free feast cookbook if you donated a certain amount, which was hilarious. It was something we just added like at the end when, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, let's publish this. Wait, let's make one more perk and let's make it a cookbook. (laughs) And then someone bought it and we were like, I think on social media, we're like, I guess we're writing a cookbook. (laughs) And then, you know, we laugh at that now because like we had no idea that a cookbook was like a two and a half year commitment and like, (laughs) right. And just so much work. But I mean, so it was on our minds. It was not something we were working towards at all on the trip. It was kind of just like, we were just, putting our heads down trying to get the the project itself done so it was a very happy um happy thing that happened afterwards absolutely uh mm-hmm. now whale blubber what's that like yeah. you ate whale blubber <laughs> where uh in rankin inlet in nunavut okay um so we actually had it two different times um we had it as like as like muktuk um and it, that's like the skin and, and blubber of a, of a, a raw, raw skin and blubber of a whale. We actually had narwhal, um, and huh. it was really good. It was just it was it was it was more chewy than flavorful. Like it was chewy, okay. and it had kind of like a mild sweet, kind of oceany flavor. And and so it was also dipped in um, China lily soy sauce, which is how it was served to us. So it, then it was also a bit salty so it was it was really really good we actually had several pieces of that the second way we had it was fermented um and we the way that we ate that was we had a frozen cube of raw caribou okay and then we dipped it in this in this fermented whale fat that it was kind of like a like a gel like sauce and it was super i mean as many fermented foods are it was super super strong like yeah yeah, kind of like the pungency of like blue cheese, but oh, okay. but but quite quite a bit more. It was yeah, it was that one we 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 didn't um, necessarily think. Hmm, I want to eat more of that, but it was also the type of thing that like you know if you've grown up with that your entire life, you could also see how that would be just a, an, a flavor that you crave. Sure. Now, yeah. it sounds like both you and Lindsay are very open-minded when it comes to trying food, but was there anything that you were intimidated by in terms of food? Huh, intimidated by? Um, I would say probably um, probably when we were in Nunavut. Like, we, we were, yeah, definitely game to try everything, but right. in Nunavut, the, you know, the food culture is so... It's so it, like emotionally important, you know, like mm. um, caribou and whale and 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 all of that. Like, they, um, it's just very important food for their culture, um, in a way that's different than than food is important to us down south. Um, so it, it was intimidating to to come into that food culture and feel like you know, like I want to represent this connection to their food to the food really well in my right. writing, and I also want to experience it and you know and talk to people. So that was it, that was probably the most like 
you know, like I want to respect this. Sure. This connection. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, if you could say which was the strangest (laughs) food that you tried, what would it be? Um, I think I would have to say, have you um, heard of the sour toe cocktail in Dawson? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, So for, sorry, for the listeners who don't know what it is, do you want to explain it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So it's this, um, it started off as a, as a, as a preserved miner's toe. It's an actual human toe. Yeah. And the various toes have gone missing throughout the year. I think there's been like somewhere between five and ten toes donated to, to keep this tradition going. But you can go to the downtown hotel in Dawson City um, and you can join the, the Sour Toe Cocktail Club by getting this human toe that's like kind of blackened and <laughs> preserved with salt. Uh, it's toenail still intact dropped into your glass and you you've got to sip it you you've got to uh let the toe touch your lips in order to get into the club that's right so, yeah so that was yeah. that that was probably the strangest experience i mean i think so yeah, yeah. Oh, how can you get a little bit more strange than that i think yeah. um and i think actually right now there is one missing so yeah uh, there's well, a toe that's it was returned Oh, that's yeah. good to hear. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, what was the most Canadian experience you had? Um, I mean, there were so it's it's hard to say because like the Canadian. I mean, the, the the whole Canadian food experience is like it's defined by being so diverse and so regional. Right. But one one um, memory that I can point to is we were at the Roots Rants and Roars Festival in uh, Elliston, Newfoundland. The eastern side right and um they have this this festival where it's uh they've got cod wars so eight different chefs kind of battle it out with a cod dish and then someone's named king or queen of cod um and then there's the next day there's a food hike and five more chefs have set up, set up stations all along this amazing rugged coastline um and then uh so that night there was also something called the feast and there's you know eight chefs again preparing courses for this meal and um, the one that's actually in our book, um, it was this maple and molasses braised pork belly. Mm. And it was served with a roasted fig and tomato ketchup and then like a turnip and corn um, puree on the side. So it was very like just like very classic Canadian ingredients and then kind of combined in a in a way that that, you know, that it is familiar and also new. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That sounds very yeah. interesting. And now, uh, I guess the $64,000 question that uh, everybody wants to know, <laughs> is there a Canadian cuisine? Um, yes, but I think that it's also like maybe a less satisfying answer because I don't think that you can package it up into like one or two dishes. I think that if you do that, it's, it just ignores the diversity and regionality of the country. So we kind of, um, the way that we kind of talk about it is that it's very ingredient based it's very seasonally based you kind of you know you can kind of think like okay what what do i usually eat in july versus what i usually eat in january mm-hmm. it's hugely influenced by both first nations cuisines and immigrant cuisines um and then that's kind of always changing too and it it changes from region to region based on um you know who was there and who's coming there and that's you know that changes or that, that that's historically different as well. Right. Um, and then just like a lot of like wild foods and foods from like land and sea. So it's, yeah. <laughs> so like, go ahead. Oh no, there's like a few kind of dishes that have become more, more popular in certain areas, but I think that it's also just hugely regional and it, in, still in need of more exploration. 
Dana Van Veller, author of the cookbook Feast, or co-author of the uh, uh, cookbook Feast, uh, and uh, one of the uh, the people behind EdibleRoadTrip.com. It's a it's a food blog that you can check out. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I know my kids um, are really enjoying uh, trying all the recipes that I'm uh, making them try. Uh, okay. And uh, uh, thank you for joining me today. Okay, thanks for having me. Take care. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We're taking your calls as well on what it means to be Canadian. Sandra in Toronto has been holding for a while. Sandra, what does it mean to you to be Canadian? Well, uh, good afternoon. And good I afternoon. just wanted to say I was really impressed by that young lady you just interviewed. I don't know if it was on, you know, on tape, on reel, but it was a wonderful uh, interview. She seemed really insightful about her subject. Now, for Canadian, I think a lot of people who are Canadian or who, who live in this, this land, a lot of them probably have a brand. It's hard to brand Canadians because mm-hmm. in my experience and from my observations, uh, we're not embracing the good with the bad. There is a dark history of Canada. If you look at, you know, across the border, sure. down down further south, they've embraced, they're embracing their, their uh, dark past along with their, you know, the, the current past. I mean, the current, the current present. Right. Uh, we are not embracing our past. If we embraced our past, our, uh, our dark history, it would give us roots and we could uh, come to um, uh, an understanding and acknowledgement. Okay, this is what it means to be Canadian. Interesting. Uh, I mean, like even the symbols, uh, the uh, icons, the you know the things that are put out there, the loony and such. If we were to to um, you know um, intersperse in there, you know, perhaps you know a, a, a dream catcher, right? Uh, perhaps uh, a totem pole, a teepee. I mean, if they were on our currency, that would that would help a bit. That would say, hey, we're embracing our past. This is where we've been, and this is where we go. We're going. As you know and I know, this country is not 150 years old. No. We're much, much older than that. I mean, contact happened, what, 524 years ago. And it's from that point of contact that the formation of Canada, or what what would soon be contemporary Canada, began. Right. Sandra, thanks for your call. It's uh, something very very important to remember. Thanks a lot, Sandra. Thank you. Uh, Mimi and Nestleton, what did you want to say? Hi, Mimi. Oh, Hi. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very Good. much. How are you? I'm well, thank you. What did you want to say? Well, actually, the, the lady who just spoke uh, fed right into one of the things that I have on my mind. Okay. As I mentioned to the very nice lady who answered the phone, um, I'm new in Canada. I've only been here for a year, although my contact with Canada goes back oh, to the um, the late 1970s. Um I I believe that Canada is a remarkable country, in my view, uh, one of the finest in the world. I also feel that I hope no one will rest on their laurels. Right. Uh, there, as this lady was saying, there it's not perfect, and perfection is I don't think within our grasp, uh, no matter where you live in the world. But aspiring to it is extremely important, and. I believe that until Canada makes peace with their past, especially as this um, uh, connects with the Aboriginal history, I think that that is absolutely vital 
to perfecting as far as is possible um, an already really wonderful country. Mimi, I, I couldn't have put it better myself. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. And we'll take one more phone call just before we go to break. Neil in Oakville, you wanted to say something about being Canadian. Well, that's right. Um, I worked at Sam's and A&A's downtown Toronto in the 70s. Nice. And it was unbelievable. I bet. Uh, it, it, you know, you really felt like you were a part of something. And um, when those stores shut down, well, it was Sam's especially, but A&A's was owned, really owned by Americans. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Sam's shut down, that uh, I felt we really lost something. And um, we're losing so many retailers, Canadian retailers. Uh, I, I feel we're kind of losing a bit of Canada. I see. So do you think that there is a place for Canada, especially, I mean, retail to some degree, just in general, is not as good as it used to be, is not as strong as it used to be. Do you think there's a place for Canada going forward in maybe kind of, you know, ushering a new era of, say, you know, like online or a different type of sales that we haven't really figured out yet? I wish I could answer that question. (laughs) I can't. Neil, Uh, thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. Take care. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.